podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at CypherCast.net. And follow us on Twitter at CypherCast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we will be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing, With All You Are Is Mine to Use, wherein we'll discuss creatures from the gold sun. Join us on the path of suns and we may uncover a secret or two. When we cast All You Are Is Mine to Use, we discuss the books and uh, no, we don't do that. Yeah, we do. Do we do that? Yeah. That's what we do here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I don't remember that last intro. <laughs> uh, this just, uh, I, it seemed wrong. Um, yeah, okay, cool. This is where we, we pretend we recorded the day after Star Wars. We're all exhausted. Yeah, I'm very tired. We just tired. make up fake Star Wars uh, uh, spoilers and get everyone angry at us. Yeah, can you believe that Boba Fett is in charge of the Empire again? Or the new empire? Well, I, I thought that was uh, more predictable than to turn out that it was actually Jar Jar Binks the whole time. Oh, oh yeah, Jar Jar Binks. Uh, they did follow through on Lucas's original plan for him to be, you know, a Sith Lord. That's so good on them. Yeah. Well, and that's why Boba Fett never talked. Yeah. Because the, no, the voice of Jar Jar Binks would give it away. No, Well, talked. through electronic modification. He's right? no good to me, Dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, never mind. These spoilers aren't even internally consistent. Yeah, nice work. <laughs> anyway, uh, when we cast all you are as mine to use, we discuss the books and other releases for our Invisible Sun games. And this time, we're going to talk about the creatures that you're going to find under the gold sun. So, uh, gold themes. Uh, we talked about this last time. Uh, well, Two times a couple ago. episodes ago. Um, <laughs> and it's all about transformation. It's all about the journey, not the destination. Uh, so this gold sun is all about your evolution as a character. It's all about that. Like we, the gold sun cares about how you change. It doesn't care about where you end up. Um, and it also attracts beings of beauty and elegance. And it's where the elderbrun are from, uh, and all sorts of things. So transformation, change, evolution, things like that. So let's, let's talk about some creatures. You have the uh, tougher responsibility. I had actual words for the most part to describe locations, even if they were archaic and hard to pronounce words. Uh, these are just made up words. Um, mostly. They might be. Well, many of them are. But I've, I've been practicing, uh, so I'm ready. <laughs> so the first creature I wanted to talk about is the Arl. Arl? Yeah, Arl. <laughs> all right this is an animated gold woman who has a midas touch uh and the uh, you know this is this one i picked out simply because uh, like for obvious reasons uh it's you know kind of a quintessential story of the gold sun it's a it's somebody who can touch things and transform them into gold like i don't know how you get more on the nose than this um, but she's got a couple of, well, she's got one little twist that I think is interesting, which is, um, this creature, if it's, when it's under the golden sun, it looks gold, but under any other suns, it just looks like a normal person. Uh, 
which led me to come up with uh, a hook for this creature, um, which would occur. It would be more interesting if it wasn't under the golden sun, gold sun. Basically, uh, the hook I have is kind of like a mystery, which we do every once in a while. Um, so let's say uh, gold statues start appearing in the parks around Fartown. Uh, and these are very well rendered statues and nobody can really explain it because they just sort of appear overnight. Uh, and if this Aurel is, if there's an Aurel in Fartown, they're going to look like a normal person. Uh, so it's a it's a really good disguise for somebody that might be trying to change people into gold statues for some reason. Um, I don't know what that reason might be. Perhaps somebody's hired the Arel to you know take out uh, people or Visley for one reason or another and do it in a way that uh, is kind of a public spectacle and may put forth a message to other people. Um, but hey, who knows what it might be. It's the only mystery solved by high fives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and bonus points if you can work in Gold Dust Woman as a sa- onto the soundtrack. I don't know that song off the top of my head. Oh, okay. We'll fix sing, that. Sing, some, uh, sing a couple bars. Hell no. Um, even though there's a really good cover of it by uh, uh, Hole. Oh, I'm going to have to check it out then. Yep, I'll find you a link after our episode. All right. Uh, okay, so next creature, we have the Evanescence. Uh, this is a... <laughs> Did I get that wrong? Uh, I don't think that... I think it's Evanescid. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, you got it. The Evanescid. Uh, this is a, a, there we go. a glistening human that's always in a state of disillusion and is and it looks like they're being disintegrated by a strong wind. Um, I feel personally attacked. I, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, I always feel like I'm in a state of disillusion. I was being say, are you like always sweaty wind. and it looks like you're melting? <laughs> <laughs> really more the latter half. All right. <laughs> um, so there you go. There's your, you know, constant state of change uh, represented in this creature. Uh, and the other thing that I really liked about this is it has a really interesting ability. It's touch. Once again, we have another thing that touches stuff and changes states. Uh, whatever it touches, it can resurrect, even from the smallest scrap of material. So basically, you could present this thing with a tooth of, you know, a vislay that you wanted to talk to, and it can resurrect that vislay. It can resurrect, you know, whatever that person was, um, just with a touch. Um so some of the, I had a couple of ideas here. Um, so uh, let's say, let's say an Evanesked was at one time a Vizley and they've been wandering or like they're wandering around the gold as this Evanesked and you need to find this Vizley. Um, but this constant state of dissolution and, you know, physical disintegration makes them very hard to recognize. Um, you know, that's, you know, one way to use the, the, the properties of the creature itself to, you know, present your players with a, a little bit of a problem that they have to, you know, come up with some ideas to try and solve. Um, yeah, go ahead. I wonder, uh, I'm, I don't know how much to spoil, but there was a move, a very prestigious movie about magicians 
Victorian magicians about a decade back uh, that you could create a mystery around using using one of these creatures. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that one. It's a really big spoiler, so I don't want to say which movie it was. <laughs> but if you nope, if uh, you've seen a lot about. of movies about Victoria a contest between Victorian um, uh, wizards or you know sleight of hand specialists, stage magicians, uh, then you will know exactly. What yeah, I'm talking I think about. I know and what you're not, talking about. Keep keep fishing. Yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of a leap, but no, I yeah I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> the the other idea I had was uh, what if there was a powerful entity that wants to reconstitute its physical body. Um, let's say it had, you know, what's, what's the, what's the thing that they always do in, you know, high fantasy stuff when gods are walking the earth, it's their avatar, which is mm -hmm. basically a, a mortal being that has been host to the God. Is, is that about right? The metaphysics change based on the setting, but that's a pretty good and general description. Okay. So, uh, yeah, what if you have this powerful being that was really fond of a form it had, or it needs a particular form in order to accomplish some sort of task in the physical world? Um, you know, perhaps it needs somebody to bring part of that body to an Evaneskid and get it resurrected so it can, you know, you know, do whatever it was trying to do. Yeah, and can it only resurrect entities, or is it something that can reconstitute anything? Uh, that is an interesting question. And when I was reading it, uh, it doesn't really specify. So Touch of Resurrection says, The touch brings remains, even if it's just a few hairs, a tooth, or a pile of dust, back to life. Yeah, it does seem to suggest entities and resurrection usually implies some sort of sentient entity. Yeah. But I wonder if you could use it to reconstitute some lost object. Uh, but that would be outside the most obvious interpretations of the creature. <laughs> a lot of this game is about being outside the most obvious interpretations. Yeah, so maybe you just have to find uh, a specialized Evaneskid that can bring inanimate objects you know, back to quote unquote life. Mm -hmm. Lots of ways around yeah. that. But, you know, just make it sentient and then resurrect they, it. Yeah, you could do that, too. <laughs> that might be the easier path in Invisible Sun. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next one, I oh, I do like this one a lot. The frog, the frog giver of fault. Um, it's a. Mm, did I get that right? I'm checking now because it looks like forgiver. It's just forgiver. Oh, of oh, my mistake. Though I think you should now make it a frog, and that just becomes the new uh, continuity. It's the frogiver of fault. Ah, uh, it's the forgiver of fault. Um, because this thing, it's a, uh, it's a metal skin octopus with moth wings. That's fun. Um, but yeah. the the thing we don't want to give that up. But it, it forgives faults in like physical form. Uh, say that five times fast. Uh, the, so it, it cocoons victims, and when you've been cocooned and emerged, uh, when you've been cocooned and you emerge from the cocoon itself, the chrysalis, if you will, um, you will come out changed. And it functions as if you had visited a changery in some sort of way. Um, so it's uh, making you appear in 
<laughs> so the thing I kind of skimmed over was there there is a bit of a requirement to uh, coming out modified. Um, you need to commit to writing some sort of wrong that you've committed in the past. So it's, I guess, forcing that sort of introspection that is required to do that sort of deed. Like you can't forgive something without, you know, considering it and being introspective. Um, so the cost to getting this changery in a cocoon is, you know, a little bit more significant. Um, and that kind of goes along with, um, something I was thinking, like, what if you have, uh, a Visley that wants to make a very specific sort of change at a changery or something that's very powerful. Maybe they have to slather themselves with some sort of paste and get captured by this forgiver of fault and then go through the changery process in there. And, you know, the synthesis of the paste that they have and the cocoon itself will, you know, get them the, the change that they're looking for. My, my official game continuity is now, if it fails, they become a frog. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Next monster that I got next creature. Um, I liked this one. This one reminded me of, uh, we'll get to it in a second, but the mask jungler is the multi-armed humanoid with powers that change based upon the mask that it is wearing. Um, so it basically has six different masks that it's juggling between its six different arms and it will change these masks out and give it, you know, give the creature a different ability based on what it's wearing. Uh, and when I was reading through this, I, I initially thought that, oh, this sounds a lot like a beholder, but it's got an invisible sun twist. Um, sure, it's not using all of the masks all at once. It's just doing one at a time. But, you know, it's changing these significant abilities um, sort of in a way that, you know, a beholder has all those different eye stalks that do crazy different things. Well, you, you could still have it as it's holding five of the masks and where in one of them as oh i guess a sixth mask up to its face and five other masks out by its side uh, you could have each mask with a different expression and each of those expressions has a different effect on the people who view them yeah it, this guy's pretty cool <laughs> um <laughs> it reminded me of spiral from the x-men i don't remember spiral spiral was mojo's henchman and the uh leader of the body shop okay yeah i didn't read a whole lot of stuff that had mojo in it yep it's just a, a, a woman with six arms each of them were like wielding swords and it's the six arms and wielding things maybe think of spiral um so the the hook i was thinking of for this guy um now the idea here was that I had was, uh, you know, your characters get contacted and they need to, you know, pull a job for somebody and they need to find a particular juggler that has a very particular mask that is needed for whatever job that is, that they need to do. Um, and the juggler in question for whatever reason, doesn't want to use the mask anymore. Um, so they need to, you know, figure out how to get the juggler to, you know, work with them and do the thing that they want them to do, even though, you know, it's kind of in their nature to avoid. Um, 
and it looks like you have a little bit of a twist here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I'd propose from that description that maybe they've lost one of their masks. Mm-hmm. The mask, of course, that you need. So you have to find the person who has the mask now, who may be using it for nefarious purposes, get that mask back from them to return it to the mask juggler, and then convince the mask juggler to put on that mask one more time uh, to fulfill whatever purpose is needed. Yeah, and hopefully they aren't too old for this stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. This mask juggler was just 48, 48 cycles of the invisible sun from retiring. Yeah, he's got he's got a boat on the Gold Sea, on the Dolor Sea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the last one we I have one to talk- more. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let's say we have one more left. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the last one I wanted to talk about is the uh, scrime of your lift. It's uh, <laughs> did I get that wrong? <laughs> now you're just now you're just uh, making a mockery of the whole thing. I've been doing it since the beginning, Scott. <laughs> well, they were. Th- th- this one was a little more uh, obvious than the others. Uh, so was the mask juggler, but I mispronounced that one too. Yeah. Scribe of your life. Anyway, the scribe of your life. Yeah. <laughs> so the scribe of your life. This one. Oh, man, I like this one a lot. Uh, so it's a bespeckled, too many fingered humanoid, and it's always surrounded by books. And the thing this creature can do is it can turn its victims into books. And once that happens, the book itself is a written biography of that person. Uh, and uh, I, I like this idea a whole lot. And... Uh, one of the ideas I had, um, you know, uh, there are, there, there are a whole bunch of things you can do here. Um, so the, I think the most obvious one that I came up with was like, there's an NPC that the characters need to find and they've been captured and transformed into a book. Yeah, whatever. That's not super interesting. Um, but what if, um, there's somebody that has like a buried memory that has been, you know, wiped from their brain and they can't remember it. However, if they get turned into a book, somebody could read that book and discover what, what the secret is. Uh, Cause it would be in their biography. Um, and this would be a way to, you know, get information out of somebody who doesn't want to give up their secrets. Yeah, I want to combine this with, with other things I've had in specific games. And uh, at one point, I, in a neighborhood creation process, created a, a bookstore called The Missing Page, mm-hmm. where it's a bookstore where every book is missing a page. Yep. And so you might find this person book at The Missing Page, but they're also missing a page. So you have to solve the mystery of where the missing pages go in order to get the complete memory. What would it mean if you got turned into a book and had some pages ripped out and then you were turned back and the curse was lifted and you were turned back into a person? And you're just maybe missing those memories? Yeah. So kind of the opposite of what I was thinking. And then how would you, if you found those pages, you have a person who's been turned back into a person or entity, and then you you even bring them those pages. What does it mean to read your memories? Because they're still pages. And if you want to get deep, you start addressing questions of what is memory and what is learning and epistemology and things like that. Is it, can it, can something you read ever really be a memory? Is there a difference between them? Well, you know, this book told me that this, 
happened to me. And I know because this book was created when I was turned into a book or this page. So it's kind of like looking at an old, old photo album and seeing pictures of yourself when you're young, when you're like four or three. And I remember doing this. Like I have no memory of, you know, sitting in an old Pampers box and pretending, pretending it was a car, but I've got pictures Mm -hmm. of it. So when I think back on it, I mean, I guess I remember, but I don't really remember. I think I just remember the pictures of it happening. And this lets you, this storyline lets you play with that emotion of Mm -hmm. the sort of uncertain nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to frame it. But yeah, it's, I guess, a very introspective question, which uh, is a good question to be posed by the gold sun. Absolutely. Because it, 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 it's all about the parts of your journey you don't remember anymore. <laughs> it's not the journey, it's the friends you forgot along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do we have any other uh, thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh no, I think that the creatures um, from the Gold Sun are m- more varied than I expected. Um, and again, I think they kind of this isn't the ending because there's more creatures, but even if there aren't more locations. Um, but this is a very strong set of creatures. You only selected, you know, maybe half of what is a pretty large set. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Um, and so I, I, I think they intend people to spend a lot of time here, relative to some of the other suns that they don't. Uh, invest with as much uh, effort for creatures and locations. This is a a fertile territory for exploration. It, it sure is. Uh, There are a bunch of major entities as well. So yeah, read through the gold sun. It's pretty, it's pretty significant. Lots of cool illustrations too. Yeah. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Agonseer, that's at A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. So please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or whichever uh, podcast app you are using. Uh, It really helps us out. Uh, We also like seeing ratings and reviews, whether they're good or bad. Uh, or else just tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to get the word out and help people find us.